HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca. Ithaca, New York boasts an authentic craft beverage experience, tasty farm-to-table culinary adventures, and scenic outdoor recreation among 150 waterfalls. Plan your trip today with help from visitithaca.com. Hey, this is Ara Tangora and Bretton Scott. And we're the hosts of Life's Banquet Podcast on Heritage Radio Network. It's amazing to see and hear the unparalleled content that comes from our community, even with limited financial resources. And they've been doing it for 10 years. The HRN staff and hosts make it look so easy, but making the best food radio out there is hard work. I'm so excited to be a part of Heritage Radio Network, and we invite you to join us in making sure that our second decade, HRN, is stronger than ever. Become a member today! Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate right now! You can even show your support for our show by selecting Life's a Banquet in the designation drop-down on the menu. Thanks for listening! To HRN! Bye! Alright everybody, welcome to the show Life's a Banquet. That's edible, spreadable, and Zara. Horrible! Starring your hosts, me, Brett and Scott, and me, Zara Tangora. A show about chocolate and wine and bread, champagne and scandal and crackers in bed. I'm drunk! <laughs> Always. Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet! Want another? Consider it done. Oh, hello, and welcome to Life's a Banquet. <coughs> oh, my God. oh my God, there's something in my throat. Hello, and welcome to Life's Banquet, a show about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, and pourable with your host, Macho Man Randy Savage, and Nicole Bailey. Oh, <laughs> I thought we were both going to be fake people. I know, God but I wanted it. to freak you out, so... Uh, not fair. So, <laughs> guys, today on the show, we have an amazing, very special co- Hostess, Breton is dead. Just he kidding. Died. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> He's He'll be back from the dead next week. Um, no, Breton is in Maine, thank heavens, uh, eating all the lobster his little belly can hold. And we have our good friend of Breton and I's both, and yours, Nicole Bailey. Nicole, welcome. Who are you? Hi, I'm Nicole, and there's not much to know about me other than that I'm friends with Zara and Breton and you, listener. Have you ever visited Ithaca, New York? Um... <laughs> I 
have not, but since I've heard that commercial now, um, I will not. Are you intrigued by the over 150 waterfalls that it promises? No, I'm terrified of waterfalls. Matt, can you fact check, please? Are there, in fact, 150 waterfalls in Ithaca? Is it even possible? It's 151. <laughs> they lied. Oh, good. I knew it. it. didn't sound right. So, Nicole, often on the show, as you know, because you've listened to every single Unmarried episode, yes, um, you know that we start off by talking about what's going on with us during the week. What have we cooked? What have we eaten? What the hell's going on? <coughs> what have we stuck in our throat? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> what is in my rum. throat? It was, it's obviously rum. It's Mexican oh, rum. Oh, right. <laughs> We're all wasted on rum, if you can't tell. Nicole, what have you eaten, drank, cooked this week? Um, Well, I'm not a big cooker, you know, Um, but I went on a booze cruise yesterday, so... Oh, my God. I was on a 100-year-old sailboat that sailed around the Hudson, and I ate a lobster roll, I ate some tuna poke, I ate some guacamole and chips, which you wouldn't think would be a good thing on a boat, but it worked out okay. <laughs> um, drank a bunch of dark and stormies. It was magical. How fun. Were you alone or did you? Yeah, yeah. I am a professional sea captain. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say booze cruise, it's just me by myself. With... You took your ship out. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of food to like have prepared for just one. Well, if you're alone, you need variety. You That's know? true. So, yeah. No, it was like a group situation. Right. Apparently that boat was in the Great Gatsby. Oh, my God. The novel, not the movie. Never heard of it. I know, same. <laughs> That's fun. So I made a couple of things this week. As we speak, there is some freshly made strawberry ice cream cooling in my freezer. Delicious. I use powdered strawberries because that's what I'm into now. Freeze-dried strawberries. Freeze-dried. Okay. Which I feel really bad about because it is strawberry season and I feel like I should be you capitalizing. You feel bad. I'm, I'm upset. <laughs> you, look, you look upset. Do you want to keep doing the show or should we just stop now? I don't know. I'm sorry. I had to. Listen. Okay. Okay. All right. It's way better because here's the deal. It doesn't compromise the texture because you're not adding any water. Interesting. But, You're not adding any water. But aren't freeze-dried strawberries like way more concentrated flavor-wise? Yes, they are. And they're dry. <laughs> so when you put them in, it just explodes. And it's just like giant strawberries t- took over my entire vibe. Um, I made that. I also made some grilled bouillabaisse. I went out to go see Saw Bobby. that on Instagram. That you did. Very nice. You follow yeah. me on Instagram? Uh, yes, I do. Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I went out to Bobby and Rob's house in Long Island, and we made some delicious dinner. It was fabulous. There was lobster, which... Wait a minute. You ate a lobster roll. I thought you didn't like lobster. I don't like lobster, but when I'm trapped on a boat and I'm really hungry and there's no other option, I ate the freaking mini lobster roll. It was it was fine. Really? Yeah. Do you think that part of the reason why you don't normally like to eat lobster is the work that goes into it, the picking and clawing and gnawing at the bones? And I know you don't like meat off the bone. Well, I've never eaten a lobster that I've had to take out of its body. I've only eaten it in the, like a roll form. Oh. Um, so for me, the issue is just the texture that I don't like so much. What would you do if you encountered a lobster <laughs> in, its, in its natural habitat, like while you were swimming in the ocean? Um, I would run or swim away from it. <laughs> Wouldn't like make friends or high five it. Or, I don't know what people do that love live lobsters. <laughs> Oh, man. To ponder the life of a sea creature, huh? Yeah. I right? just, the shellfish freak me out a little bit when they're alive. Yeah, you don't really love a shrimp either. Don't like a shrimp, but I do like crab, mysteriously. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Is that an Indiana thing? No, it's not. All the seafood that I've learned to eat in my life 
was after I had moved out of Indiana, which is for the best since it's a landlocked state and there should right. not be any. Besides Mike Pence's famous fish tacos, <laughs> what other <laughs> seafood is popular in Indiana? Fish sticks oh. um, mm-hmm. are very popular. They were popular at least for me growing up. Um, and that's it. Really? Just fish sticks? No, there's catfish is around. Yuck. Bottom feeder. <laughs> I mean, I don't actually, I like catfish. You do? Yeah. Is that what they use for that hot fish sandwich at the uh, Commodore? I don't know. That's a good question, though. Interesting. Uh, Commodore, oh. call us, please. Thank you. Yeah, you should sponsor us. Do they have any sushi in Indiana? They do have sushi. Actually, funnily enough, they even had it in the 90s. My sister worked at a sushi restaurant in Indianapolis that I cannot remember the name of. Really? Yeah. California rolls? Yeah, I I didn't really start eating sushi until my boyfriend in college. My first boyfriend was in college because <laughs> I was a Christian. Um, he, still are, right? And I still love the Lord. Um, he was like, oh, we should eat sushi because it's like a cool new cuisine. I had never eaten it until I was like 18. But Yeah. He's um, like, no sex. This is what we're going to do in place yeah, of having gonna- sex. <laughs> <laughs> Even the next dirtiest thing you can do in Indiana, which is eat raw fish. It was scandalous at the time in 1998. People were shocked. Oh, that's really funny. That's absolutely amazing. Okay, so also I have been frequenting my local farmer's markets, of course. Mm-hmm. And the other morning, I have a really funny story to tell you. I went to go meet, I saved this especially for the show. <laughs> I went to go meet a good mutual friend of ours whose name I will divulge after we uh, finish this episode just to not embarrass them. Okay. Um, this person asked me to meet them at Saturday morning, 830 at the farmer's market. So uh, I meet oh, them. I already know who this is. <laughs> and they show up and I haven't seen them in a while because they're in school and mm-hmm. they've been really busy and they show up and they're smoking a cigarette and they're wearing all black they look a little disheveled and I was like hey girl you okay and she's like oh I actually just puked before I came here because I'm so hungover I was like you could have canceled so she was like no I really wanted to see you I'm secretly in love with you I wouldn't have missed this appointment for the world so this appointment exactly (laughs) and I was like spread them so then we uh, we go over to the thing in Fort Greene, like like where the dogs are, because it was yeah, still yeah. before nine. So there's, I was like, let's go pick our favorite dog. So we go sit over there. And kidnap it. Exactly. Let's <laughs> find our favorite dog and bring it away with us. We'll start a new life down in Mexico, Italy. Or Ithaca. <laughs> or in beautiful Ithaca, <laughs> where it can drink all the waterfall water at once. You can hide in any waterfall. <laughs> the police will never find you. <laughs> exactly. So... Uh, anyway, so we go and we sit. We see that people are setting up for a party or whatever. And we're like, oh, kind of don't pay it any mind. And we sit next to each other on the one empty bench facing the dog park. Mm-hmm. A bunch of dogs are running up to us, trying to give us their favorite ball, get a little head scratch, whatever. <laughs> and uh, this person all of a sudden is like, I really don't feel good. I'm going to throw up again. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm sure. Like, you're not going to throw up again. So she's like, no, I'm going to throw up again. And she starts puking. No. Not just like a little bit, but like. <laughs> insane puking and then all the dogs run over and start eating it their owners are like maximus rufus wainwright get back over here they're horrified because everyone sees she's puking and she's puking they're basically eating it out of her mouth as she's puking right so finally she like just like we're like looking around and i feel there are people behind us at the table i'm like why are these people not just giving us some goddamn space here and uh the person turns around and she goes oh my god are we at a child's birthday party (laughs) And around us? An entire child's birthday party was being set up at at, nine o'clock in the morning at 9am. And that's what all the other tables were. 
So we turn around. It's like basically like a frozen themed birthday party for like a hundred kids has been set up around us. And then yesterday she texts me and she's like, my friend was at this birthday party in Fort Greene for like a kid's birthday. And she was like, yeah, it was so she, uh, the person tells her friend the story and she's like, oh my God, that's so crazy because there's this giant pile of puke that everyone was trying to avoid at the party. <laughs> that like the, crazy. Are we at a child's birthday party? I couldn't even. I can't believe that she puked. Oh yeah. Like that much. Not just like a little, it was like, like, like waterfalls, like 151 waterfalls full of, if it can puke. No, but my big question from this story is when is Frozen going to die? Like, why is it still so popular <laughs> with the children? Kristen Bell. Like, another movie needs to come out. America's Sweetheart. Yeah. Okay. Fair well, enough. the new Tarantino movie is coming out the end of July, which obviously <laughs> surpassed Frozen in the hearts and minds of young girls. <laughs> right. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nicole, today's topic is near and dear to our heart. And the other day, we were sitting at one of our favorite places, getting wasted and smoking tons of cigarettes <laughs> together. Just kidding, Mom. Only Nicole is smoking. I don't smoke. And that was just weed, not cigarettes. <laughs> It was cloves. Don't worry. It's fine. Um, and we decided that you co-host podcast and mm-hmm. also that we would do today's topic, which is nachos. Oh, shit. Nachos, everyone's favorite snack. Well, at least our favorite snack. <laughs> <laughs> the two of ours favorite snack. So can you tell me a little bit about what you've learned in this past three days about nachos? Yeah, so um, I did some research so that I could be on this podcast with some information, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you the history of nachos, okay? I wish you would. Okay, so picture 1943 in the United States. World War II is still going on, apparently. Pew! Pow! Pew! <laughs> well, it's not going on in the United States. <laughs> we're, we're in the U.S. That's just in from the wires of the Associated Press. <laughs> Hitler is on the rise. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, totally. Um <laughs> And we are basically in northern Mexico, um, a place called Piedras Negras, which is in Coahuila, Mexico, which I could be pronouncing incorrectly. I'm very sorry. Um, It's essentially just over the border from Eagle Pass, Texas, your favorite town in Texas. Oh, yes. The waterfalls are amazing. Yes. Eagle and the eagles. Oh, the eagles pass through the waterfall. That's why it's called. (laughs) I thought this was my hair I'm playing with. By the way, it's a fucking plant. It is a pothos. (laughs) Very very hair-like, though. Um... And so in 1943, Ignacio Nacho Anaya, we don't know if the nickname came first or the name of the food came first. Um, He, so basically, okay, sorry, let me back up. So in 1943, the wives of U.S. soldiers that were stationed in Fort Duncan, which is in Eagle Pass, um, they were just shopping around in Piedras Negras, which is actually in Mexico. So they went across the border, which I guess was totally fine to do in 1943. Who knows? I don't really know. And they stopped at the Victory Club for lunch, but it was closed, and I'm sure they were, like, really polite about it. And then um, the maitre d' happened to be Ignacio Nacho Anaya. So he was like, ladies, 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 but in Spanish, I think. Um, He was like, (laughs) "Um, let me just whip you up something that I have available in the kitchen. Don't worry. I'll make you a snack. Um, And that snack turned out to be tortillas with melted cheese and sliced jalapenos, which they called nachos. But essentially the ladies were like, what in the hell is this, Ignacio? It's so good. And he was like, nachos especiales. And they were like, thank you. And then, you know, they went 
back <laughs> to their army wife lives and with their shopping bags. Um, and so basically, it started to become more popular sort of around that region. Um, and Nacho actually opened his own restaurant called Nacho's Restaurant. <laughs> um, but it kind of took a little bit of time before it sort of spread to the rest of the United States. Um, and there is a cafe, which is called El Cholo Spanish Cafe, which has its own history in a book that you can purchase. Really? hmm And according to that, there's a waitress named Carmen Rocha who is credited with sort of bringing nachos to the bigger United States attention. So she was working in San Antonio, and she told the cafe there about them, and then she moved to Los Angeles and told the cafe that she was working there about them. So it sort of just kind of moved the nachos into the, the greater right just gossip subconscious <laughs> I'm picturing her like the Avon lady but instead of like cosmetics there's just like bricks of cheese listen to the like, tubes <laughs> 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 but I do think it's interesting that the first nacho was just chips melted cheese and sliced jalapenos yeah that's like the kind of nacho you make when you're like in eighth grade and your mm-hmm. mom leaves you alone for the first time and you're yeah. like i'm in the fridge i can make something and you're like <laughs> i'll split these tortilla shells apart and put some cream cheese on it uh, what no I, I fell asleep while you were talking <laughs> um, okay hold on okay i have more stuff to tell you please okay. oh okay so then Nachos kind of like were doing their own thing. Ignacio had his restaurant, and then he died. Oh, R.I.P. I mean, probably heart failure in 1975. Um, we don't know how he died. Or oh. Wikipedia doesn't know how he died. Wikipedia, what are we paying you for? So here's something that I think is kind of controversial, or at least I feel that it's controversial. So in Mexico, October 21st is International Day of Nachos, um, and they have an, a nacho competition and a festival and all that stuff, but... For some reason, in the United States, the International Nacho Day is November 6th, and mm. that's my dad's birthday. But um, Do you think that's why they moved it? Because it is your maybe. dad's birthday? Yeah, but I mean, he was born in like 1954, so that could line up. Wow. <laughs> Internet, multinational conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first on like, Life's a Banquet. Like, why? I don't, I just, why would they have two different days? <clears throat> it's, it is a Tex-Mex dish. Like, the countries need to be together and decide on one international nacho day i think i feel i completely agree we need to be aligned on this it's definitely the number one priority between u.s mexico relations right now i can't think anything more pressing or important me either like there's actually nothing like donald trump never even mentions anything nothing at all he doesn't even care about he as as far as i can tell he loves mexico he likes taco salads a lot Mm -hmm. he Mm -hmm. thinks that mexicans are fine people Mm -hmm. um wonderful people yeah wonderful people yeah um, so yeah, that's amazing. I, I really do love that story. It's really funny. And I've always wondered if the not, if the name not, cause Nacho is a nickname for Ignacio, right? I don't in know. In general. It is. <laughs> oh, okay. <Yeah. laughs> uh, this just in. That would have been a good thing for me to look up. <clears throat> I only know that actually because, uh, Chase's son, our uh-huh. mutual friend, Chase. Acquaintance. A, yeah. Colleague. Best friend. Chase, <laughs> if you're listening, you're our best friend. <laughs> His son is named Nacho. And his name is Ignacio. Right. And I know someone named Nacho, but I don't, I guess I didn't realize that his name is Ignacio. But yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Do you still feel the same way about him as you did before? I feel even more <laughs> love for him than I do now. Amazing. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. Uh, we're sponsored today by Waterfalls of America. Thank you. 
This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca. Located in New York's Finger Lakes region, Ithaca boasts an authentic craft beverage experience, tasty farm-to-table culinary adventures, and scenic outdoor recreation. As the saying goes, Ithaca is gorgeous. The city is home to 150 waterfalls and gorges sprinkled through its downtown and sloping hillsides. State parks and acres of natural lands offer outdoor recreation for every level of enthusiast. Come stroll among the cool ravines, scenic hiking trails, and natural vistas. Ithaca is home to Ivy League Cornell University and Ithaca College, resulting in an influx of new cultures, new tastes, and new energy every year. There's so much to explore, from art galleries and museums to unique attractions like the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. Ithaca sits at the heart of a blossoming heritage and craft cider industry. Some of these delicious ciders can be bought in market, but many of the most unique varieties can only be experienced with a visit to Ithaca and this great cider region. Go to visitithaca.com to get inspired and plan your trip today. Anyway, uh, (laughs) uh, Zara, I forgot to mention one last thing. Oh, please. So the world's biggest nacho, which I guess it's not plural anymore when it's the world's big, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's in the Guinness Book of World Records. Um, It weighs 4,689 pounds, (laughs) but I want to tell you how that's broken up, okay? Okay. So 765 pounds of that is just the chips. Whoa, <laughs> just the chip? Yeah. Um, and uh, then 405 pounds is salsa. <laughs> oh my God, yuck. And then, don't worry, it gets worse. 323 pounds of tomatoes, totally fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, not for me, but whatever. For, and, the, for most people. Yeah, and then that's 918 pounds of meat and beans. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, 2,200 pounds of cheese. That's a lot of cheese. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I'd like to be buried in a coffin of nachos with those exact specifications, if possible. You really smelly, though, after like <laughs> a week. 900 pounds of meat and beans. <laughs> that's really funny. If I was a wrestler, like a sumo wrestler or something, that's how I'd want to be like, and here comes 990 pounds of meat and beans, Zard. <laughs> All right, I have a joke for you. Okay. I thought this podcast wasn't already funny enough. Sure. <clears throat> Why are spicy nachos very noisy? I'm sorry, excuse me. I'm going to start to take that from the top. Why are spicy nachos very nosy? Nosy? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because they get jalapeno business. <laughs> good. That's Thank good. you. Did you write that yourself? Yes, I have been toiling it over it for the past 15 minutes. <laughs> um, okay, guys. So, Frank... Liberto is the second godfather of nachos. He kind of took nachos to a different place than the original nacho. But when you look up the history of nachos, it's those two gents that are kind of vying for top (laughs) nacho dog. It's very intense. Somebody (laughs) should make a movie about it. So a little bit about Frank Liberto and why he's important to nacho history. Liberto, P.S. I got basically all of this information ripped off directly from Smithsonian Magazine. A little bit of little Mm. splash of vice. Interesting. And, uh, yeah. You so, read whole articles. I oh, did, yeah. I didn't go there. Okay. I read whole... Well, there really wasn't much about it on Wikipedia, You're to right, be completely true. frank. To be completely frank, Liberto. <laughs> <laughs> Liberto was an Army veteran. He was born in 1933 in San Antonio, Texas, America, into a family of food entrepreneurs, much okay. like myself. 
just although mine did not stay entrepreneurs mom and dad uh wish he had we could have had a nacho fortune <laughs> i don't think that's true <laughs> yes they loved my both my parents rest in peace dad and your nacho dreams in the sky uh, in 1960, he inherited the mantle of the family business, Laberto Specialty Company, which had been founded in the year 1909. Now, I'm going to bring you all the way up to the year 1976. Picture it. Jimmy Carter elected president. The movie Rocky is released. Apple computers are formed. Gas <laughs> is 59 cents a gallon. A men's sports coat cost 37.50, which to me sounds very expensive, actually, <laughs> for the year 1976. Well, yeah, in 1976, that was like... I don't even know. Fourteen dollars nowadays. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. I how? Yeah, I don't even know what the fuck a sport. What is a sports coat? Like a wool blazer? Isn't I, it a blazer? It's just a blazer. I picture it like a coat that a jockey wears. <laughs> <laughs> do they wear coats? They do. They wear some kind of coat. No. Jockeys, if you're listening, please call us. Clear yeah, this let's up. clear this up. Thank you. And the infamous. Cod War, not to be confused with the Cold War, between Iceland and England was forged. Christmas was on a Saturday. What's the Cod War? You don't know what that is. <clears throat> that's, a, that's for our cod episode when The Rock will be our guest Great. host. Um, 1976 was also the year that nachos, an already popular food in America, were brought to a Texas baseball stadium. So at the Rangers baseball game in Arlington, Texas, uh, Frank Liberto first premiered his his version of nachos, which was with a liquid cheese, which is our, may I speak for you? Yes. Our favorite kind of cheese. Unpopular opinion. Um, a lot of people say, including the uh, little hobnobs at the old FDA, that cheese sauce is actually not even technically cheese, this particular brand. <clears throat> Of Rico's cheese sauce, they say it has no cheese in it. But Wait, sorry to clarify. The his his company Frank is Frank Rico's Liberto. cheese. It goes under the alias of Rico. When he gets really funky, he turns into Rico, the cheese peddler. So it has no cheese. So does Velveeta and like American cheese have cheese in it though? Not really. Okay, so it's kind of the same. It's pretty thing. much the same okay. thing. It's, it's chemical processed cheese. Processed chemically cheese cheese. Okay. So anyway. Um, that didn't need to be refrigerated right. and it was like a pretty big deal for everybody. Everyone was freaking out. What is this gooey mess? His <laughs> recipe was so top secret that in 1983, a 29 year old man was arrested for trying to buy <laughs> trade secrets to his formula. No. I mean, can you imagine if that was like why you went to jail? You're like, why are you in here, buddy? Rape, murder, burglary. No, I tried to steal the recipe for nacho cheese. Which is just salsa and Velveeta mixed together I in mean, the microwave. <laughs> this guy's a fool. Honestly, please. Got a clue. Buy, take this cheese money and buy yourself a clue. Um, so anyway, he didn't want people to wait in line more than a minute. And obviously, like, melting cheese, which I still actually think is, like, kind of seems like a long time, a minute to wait for, like, liquid cheese nachos. At a baseball game where yeah. there's millions of people? I don't know how many people can fit I in a mean, baseball stadium. I have no <laughs> Two million. <laughs> That's the official number from Guinness. Um, so he didn't want anyone to wait, like, too long. So he needed to make, like, this liquid cheese so you didn't have to, like, melt it. And it could just kind of pour over the top. Yeah. Um, and people were freaking out. They wouldn't let him put it at a concession stand. He had to make his own cart because they didn't want it to compete. They were afraid that the new product launch would cannibalize the other items like popcorn and hot dogs. Wait, I'm, so then how- he had to come up with his own cart. Like he wasn't allowed to be like part of like the stadium. Like they weren't providing him space. He had to come in, sneak in his own cart, <laughs> like a sneak and do it like ro- renegade nacho cheese style. That's so, I mean like, so why... They let him come in in the first place, but they're like, but we're worried that you're going to 
compete right. with our hot dogs. Ex- I know the whole thing makes no sense. They're like, you're on your own, buddy. It's a conspiracy. It's the entire thing. So his son says that they had to build their own cart, and his dad has an old VHS tape where twenty people were lined up deep behind the concession carts, like missing the whole game because they were so obsessed with getting nachos. <laughs> No, but the game is like 17 hours long. I know, it's true. They're like, I don't care. I could wait here for three orders of nachos. (laughs) Nothing would have happened. Um, So that season, the Arlington Stadium sold Rico's nachos at the rate of one sale per every two and a half patron, which was over $800,000 in sales. Damn. Right? When, I mean, nachos probably only cost like three cents then back in the 1800s when this all took place. The 1976. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I just want to make sure you're listening. So compared to <laughs> that popcorn was only selling $85,000. Yeah, well, popcorn was on the way out in the 70s. But so was this served in a hat? Maybe you're going to say this later. I'm, I'm okay, going to get sorry, to the sorry, hat sorry, sorry, if sorry. you would just please Apologize. let me live. Okay. <laughs> Of course, I'm going to get to the hat. I just, okay. <laughs> it's a huge part of the story. I'm really excited. Um, so, Liberto's son claims that the jalapeno was the success of the nachos because <laughs> it was so spicy to everyone's like whitewashed, dumbass 1976 palate that never had anything spicy before that made everyone drink. They're like, Is that true? They're like, oh my God, this jalapeno is so spicy. My mouth's on fire. I need to drink like 12 beers. But they're in San Antonio. I have no idea. That's what this guy says. Okay. But he sounds like a liar, to be quite honest with yeah. you. I don't really know if I can trust him. Um, so by 1978, they were at the Cowboys uh, in the Cowboy Stadium in Dallas. And on Monday Night Football, announcer Howard Cassell, who's a famous announcer. I know him. Um, and Frank Gifford, America's sweetheart, <laughs> slash wife of Kathy Lee Gifford. Partner of Kathy Partner Lee. Partner of Kathy Lee, who, by the way, looks so natural and great for her age. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's over 300. She's aging so gracefully, <laughs> like a redwood tree. <laughs> Um, they brought some nachos up into the, uh, whatever, wherever they announced from box. Exactly. Uh, they brought them to the broadcast room and Cosell was trying to take up some dead air and they eat the nachos and he goes, what do you call them? Nachos or nachos? And then he started using, using the word nacho as a description for everything. So he'd be like, did you see that run? That was a nacho run or like nacho this and nacho that. Like he was flabbergasted at what he was eating. He's like, I can't believe it. It's not a potato chip. It's not onion dip. What the hell is going on here? It's spicy. Somebody get me a gallon of beer. (laughs) (laughs) Did he use any of the puns like nacho football stadium? I don't know. Nacho average (laughs) Monday night football. Nacho average nacho. (laughs) Um, so anyway, he used the word for week. He was like spreading the gospel on nachos, much like, like your favorite waitress. The 70s t- was a crazy time. It was a crazy time to be alive. There was cocaine. Yeah. There was dancing. Oh, that's why. He was on cocaine. He was okay. like, these smell interesting, but I can't eat it because right, right, right. I'm so high. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe in three days when I come down off this cocaine bender. Yeah. Um, in 2012, Liberto's company, Rico's Products, was pulling $80 million annually in revenue, which seems like just waterfalls worth of nacho cheese honestly 80 million dollars so he must i mean obviously he expanded to more than one stadium yeah oh they're everywhere so every single place you go that has like liquid cheese they basically have like a monopoly on liquid cheese cool so this is the part that's going to make you very happy miller park in milwaukee is sold nachos on a stick a stick of beef loaded with refried beans rolled in doritos and then deep fried and drizzled with sour cream and cheese Wait for it. At Yankee Stadium, a replica batting helmet filled with more traditional chip and cheese options went for $20 American in 2014. But, okay, but my question is, were the original nachos served in a baseball helmet? No, no, no. Mm -mm. Oh. No, they were just served in one of those, like, little cutesy 
um, paper exactly. thing. Exactly. The yeah. They were served in a dehydrated deer stomach since it was the 1400s. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Also, I do not acknowledge that nacho on a stick is an actual nacho. No, that's ridiculous. I don't. I don't <laughs> accept that as a, a real nacho either. Um, okay. So to tell, today Rico sells fifty-seven countries and works with more than two hundred distributors, and they've dominated all the movie theaters everywhere. Where there's cheese coming out of a pump, it's Rico's. In two thousand seventeen, Frank died peacefully, surrounded by his family. <laughs> he was buried it in a nacho. Said peacefully in the article. <laughs> They made a point in every article I read to say peacefully. <laughs> They're like, liquid cheese does not kill you unnecessarily. It it's natural causes. It doesn't cause heinous repercussions <laughs> and cause a violent death where like your insides bleed out. Right. Doesn't cause Ebola. <laughs> he was 84. It was very peaceful. There was cherubs and angels mm-hmm. everywhere. That is the story of liquid cheese. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty interested in it. I mean, I love this story. Thank um, you. But I do wonder who was the first person to put nachos in a plastic baseball hat. Because that person <laughs> is a genius. <laughs> a real, true, an American hero. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wonder that too. So we make nachos often mm-hmm. at home. We used to make them a lot at Brucey after yeah. shifts. That was kind of like one of the greatest pleasures. Um, I'd be like selfishly being like, oh, guys, it's nacho night. I'm going to make a sheet tray of nachos. Really just because I wanted to eat nachos. Yes. And hang around and, like, drink and hang out with everybody. But, um, so do you have any tips for, like, making nachos? Like, how do you make nachos at home? What's your steez? What's your go-to? So my trick with nachos is what I say is no nacho left behind. So that (laughs) means no chip will not have a topping on it. Mm -hmm. Because one of the worst things that happens with nachos is you run out of toppings and have chips left over. Or vice versa. You have a bunch of toppings left in the bottom and there's no chips to eat them with. So you have to eat it with your fingers and that's disgusting and your friends yell at you. And your fingers smell for like days. <laughs> Just wash your hands. Um, so, but I, I actually, I have some advice. So I made a mistake one time in my zeal for no chip left behind. I was making almost what was essentially like a casserole <laughs> because I was layering the chips and the beans and the chip, like just, there was too much wetness. And yeah. so like no chip was left behind, but some of them mushed into like casserole. Mm-hmm. It, it was still good though. But I bet. so you just don't want to have too many layers. You need to have enough air like movement so that everything can stay crispy and you know, the the integrity of the chip is still there. But um, it's very important to do a layering situation so that you don't get chips that have nothing on them. Have you ever been somewhere where they serve you go and they have just served like a <clears throat> single layer of nachos and it's like our interpretation of nachos and it's just like a flat single layer of nachos that are like carefully placed next to each other with like <laughs> the beans are on each chip like technically it's a perfect bite but it's so boring because nachos part of it is yes no chip left behind is very important but part of the like appeal of nachos is the like couple perfect ones you get where you're like right. yes that one and like you're just kind of like have to be real like savage in front of all your friends <laughs> and be like yeah. a real like sneaky Pete and be like I'm gonna when no one's looking I'm gonna pull <laughs> perfect chip with all the guacamole on it see I don't I feel like as a nacho eater that there is like um there's like manners so you shouldn't because the other thing is if you take that one that's fully loaded Mm -hmm. there's gonna be a chip left behind so and you need to like you need to like scrape off a little bit in front of everyone so they see that you're doing it and then be like this chip was perfect but i'm sharing my wealth with you people Totally. Sometimes I'm like, look over there, there's a monster. And then, ha ha, when everyone's looking, (laughs) I just take a fistful of sour cream and put it in my purse. (laughs) 
<laughs> you should just carry those little daisy travel bags of sour cream. It's so cute and affordable. You know what Brendan told me one time on the show? <laughs> that he uh, will drink just plain half and half when he's like waiting at a diner, like all the time, like out of those little cups. No. And squeeze just ketchup packets and mustard packets into his mouth. That's insane. Yeah, he's a Philistine. But I... Just, thank I mean, God he'll never hear this. I don't think that's what that means, but I think, that, <laughs> I, think that, I think that... I mean, with the ketchup... with the I mean, like, sometimes I will eat mustard by itself. Like, I'm, I'm a me fan too. of eating condiments by themselves, but the half and half thing to me is shocking. I'm shocked. It seems like an alcoholic <laughs> thing to do, <laughs> just being like, I want a shot of something. Sure. Just kidding. Brent, we love you so much. Um, I have a tip for making nachos at home. Which is that I think they're better at home, and I think that always have something pickly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Always have something kind of leafy. If you don't like cilantro, then I don't know what to tell you. you have pro- mental problems. If you're one of those people who thinks it tastes like soap, maybe <laughs> just replace it with soap because you think soap tastes like cilantro. I think you should alienate fifty percent of your listeners <laughs> right now. It's yeah. fine. Use uh, some. You don't have to have cilantro. That's true. You could take like some shredded lettuce, or you could take oh, parsley, oh. or even like. Parsley. Mint, okay. fresh mint. If you're making kind of like a Mediterranean style notch, okay. all right. I don't know. I'm. Mm, I'm I, not sure. I could get with that. I mean, I did a recipe I, for a cookbook that I'm going to plug actually called Buenos Nachos. It was really cool. It was some like fun celebs and some famous chefs, and my, somehow myself, <laughs> I paid three million dollars <laughs> to be in the book. Um, wow. And I had a <laughs> I had a recipe for antipasto nachos. Oh yeah, okay. And I've th- seen this recipe. I'll go with alt nachos sometimes. Yeah, yeah. No, you do, and I think that's fine, and I enjoy them, but I think. Personally, a mint and a nacho for me is not. not What if it was just mint and nothing else? (laughs) (laughs) So just chips and mint. Oh, well, in that case, yes. It sounds like a delicious sour cream and onion chip, but mint. (laughs) My mom was so cute. We went to the beach the other day and she was like, I bought these tortilla chips and they weren't seasoned. So she took that delicious. Also, if anyone doesn't know about Trader Joe's onion salt, it's like the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. And she just took like some Trader Joe's onion salt and poured them all over the chips and made her own like sour cream and onion flavored (laughs) chips. And they were delicious. I did that the other day with a bag of plain potato chips and Old Bay. Oh, yeah. Poured it in there and shook it up and. Good for you. See, you do cook. Don't talk about yourself not being a cook. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) So what are your three top favorite places to get nachos on the globe? Well, this is funny because we are going to probably pick the same ones. But um, the Commodore is my number one best nachos in America. Best. Um, No competition. Mm -mm. Um, Liquid cheese nachos, I guess I should clarify um, for people that don't like that. Because there are lots of people out there that are just like not into eating liquid cheese. I know. I had a conversation about this with a very, very prominent woman in food mm-hmm. at one point, and I Julia was shocked. Chuck. It was Julia. Ch- <laughs> it was Fanny Craddock. <laughs> it was actually Rachel Ray. Just kidding. It was Yikes. Ina Garden. The Barefoot Contessa. Yeah. She was, I was like, put some shoes on. <laughs> what are you doing? Ma'am, you, ha- you have to have shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> no shirt, no shoes. Big problem, Ina. Um, I also like liquid cheese so the interesting thing about taco chulo is my second place mm-hmm. is that they they have two options they have a liquid cheese one which is Velveeta, which they tell you very proudly on the menu because mm-hmm. they're a tex-mex place yeah but they also have an option for not like melted cheese cotija type cheese situation mm-hmm. which i've never had but no. um it is there for those people um and then my third place is teddy's which i think is something that we were talking about earlier it, I haven't eaten the nachos there in a while, and part of the reason why I like it is that there's a chili option. But now that I'm thinking about it, I might want to switch to uh, the Brooklyn Ale House. Nachos. Oh my god! Is that what you were going to say? Yes. 
So we have the exact same three top threes. But that one's a melted cheese option. So I just it is. put it in there. So the Commodore <laughs> nachos, to break it down for everyone. First of all, the Commodore is, without a doubt, you've heard us talk about it on the show before. It's in Williamsburg. It is it used to be Black Betty. Nicole and I have spent many a night there over the past, I don't know, decade. Yeah. Hanging we were just out. there last week. We were just there last week. Um, it used to be called Black Betty. It used to hang out there back then, too. Mm-hmm. Black Betty was amazing. It was like a Middle Eastern restaurant that then randomly turned into a dance party and cocaine den at like yep. 10 p.m. They're like, everybody, finish your falafel. It's time to party. And it had like the most beautiful bathroom that yes. I've ever seen. It was glorious. Um, RIP. Now it's the Commodore America's best bar. So the Commodore nachos are great. They're liquid cheese. There's lots of cilantro. They have some kind of hot red sauce. There's like a liquidy refried bean situation. There's two. They have a red and a green salsa oh, yes. on there, which I think is crucial. Crucial. And then they have diced tomatoes, which I know you don't like, but you are in, you're there for it anyway. I don't see you like go out of your way crazy to pick them no, up. No, there's also some onions on there too. There's some I onions. Yeah. I don't usually get down with, but it's, in the in the group situation, it's fine. It works. No meat, which I have to say, I prefer no meat on nachos. Same. I'm not the kind of person who's been like, um, can I have grilled chicken to that? Like <laughs> grilled chicken? Go fuck yourself. I'm sorry. Why would you want grilled chicken on a nacho? I don't. I don't understand because then like it doesn't. It's not what I want. It doesn't fit. It doesn't. The whole thing about a nacho is like this thing about te- it's not just an opportunity. You know what I think is wrong with America, honestly, I'm going to go on a little tangent here, that okay. people always feel like they need to add meat to everything without right. it making sense. Like, oh, the French toast does sound good, but if I could get it with a grilled chicken breast on top, I think it would be better. Or just put bacon on it, I think is right. what most people, or that's like a croque monsieur. Mm, which is good. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I have no point. But anyway, <laughs> I don't like chicken on a nacho. I would never. If you try putting grilled chicken on nachos around me, I'm going to leave the room. Um, so, uh, Commodore, delicious. My second is also Taco Chulo, mm-hmm. which is around the corner, also in Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. Delicious. I've also not had their melted one. And then we used to always go to Brooklyn Public House for nachos back in the days of Brucey. It's in Fort Greene. It's a pretty good, like, when you think of just, like, bar. That's, bar nacho, yeah. Yeah, and that place is cool because it's not, like, a cool bar at all, but it's also I'm not sorry. a dive. It's kind of like <laughs> a TGI Friday, like a freestanding TGI Fridays vibe. Yeah. Like, it's not for any one group in particular, like, really squares or hip people. It's just, like, a bar that, like, is there. It's kind of like an... It's it has, like, an Irish bar kind of a feel, but it's not... Yeah, yeah I think everyone that works there is Irish. They are Irish, yeah. right. I'm like, there's some reason why I think of it as an Irish Yeah. Place. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, but... I like their nachos, too, because that's the classic, like, giant blob mm-hmm. of guacamole, huge blob of sour cream, which I take home with me, <laughs> like an old lady, like an old Italian lady, just <laughs> scrape it up. Uh, can I have this box up, please? <laughs> um, yeah. And right, no which, cilantro. No cilantro. No. no. Beans. Pico de gallo. Which is sometimes okay with me, but... Right. Um, they don't put a lot of that on there, so I yeah. appreciate that. You can get chili on there. Right. Or grilled chicken or shrimp, probably. And I've had them with the chili, and I think it's okay. Okay. But it's it's just like a different experience. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a chili, a chillier, a meatier experience. Mm-hmm. Well, I absolutely love a nacho because I think it's the... Per- I really think it's the per- perfect food because it's crunchy and soft. It's cold and hot. It's herby. It's fresh. It's truly like everything you could want to eat, and I think that... It's one of the best representations of the kind of melange of different everything you want in food. Right. It's like everything. Mm-hmm. It's spicy. 
it's acidic. It really represents every... I don't know many other foods that represent, like, every single kind of flavor and texture. Right, totally. And the commoner nachos are pretty spicy, too, which I appreciate. I think the cheese itself might be kind of spicy. I think the cheese might be a little... Or that red... The, like, the red, red sauce. sauce they put on it is kind of spicy. Right. What's your favorite thing to drink with a nacho... When you're eating nachos? Um, I mean, if I'm at the Commodore, I usually get a frozen margarita mm-hmm. because they have really good frozen margaritas there. Um, and then... You know, my go-to vodka soda. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, would you ever eat a nacho? What are your feelings on a nacho on a blue corn tortilla chip? Um, that's interesting because there's a place in Crown Heights that I cannot remember the name. El Alterado? Yes, mm-hmm. and they do that. Um, I I have no strong feeling either way. Um, okay. Doesn't really make a difference to me. This is a very serious question. Okay. So uh, we like to end the show with something that's like heartbreaking for all of our guests. <laughs> How do you feel about a tacho? A tater tot nacho. Um, so I love tater tots and I love french fries. Mm-hmm. Um, but those items are not something that I want covered in cheese and salsa and a goo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, they're not for me. Um, I do believe that they exist. I acknowledge their existence, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go down that road. What I, I would do is order nachos on chips and a side of tater tots, and I have done that before at Teddy's. Oh, I deeply respect that. Yeah. yeah. I used to go to Teddy's all the time back yeah. in the day. I know. Um, Teddy's also in Williamsburg. That was like a mainstay of my like t- age 22 to like 24. Yeah. Every weekend for like super hungover brunch, mm-hmm. like an omelet. I haven't eaten an omelet <laughs> in like 27 years. I used to go to Denny's all the time and eat a cheese omelet, which is just like... yeah. American cheese slices in an omelet. Yeah, in like puffy eggs. One time when we were in high school, we went to IHOP and we tried to run out on our bill and we got <laughs> caught. It was so embarrassing. It was the one time I... story. <laughs> what did they do? We went to prison for like 50 years. Oh, yeah. That's why I met you in prison. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Listen, this was very fun. <laughs> you're silly. <laughs> thank you. You're a silly person. I think that you're the funniest person that I know, honestly. Oh, thank you. I've so. been waiting for you to tell the world that. <laughs> Guys, if uh, anybody out there wants to meet a real comedian, <laughs> call her. Yeah, just give me a call. Or me. Or call, call either. Call both of us. We'll both go on a date with yeah, you. Yeah, we could do a group text. Yes. Yeah, perfect. That's good. Um, okay, well, I love you very much, and thank you, everyone, for listening in, and hasta la pasta. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.